Gone are the days where we can have those laddie-like conversations. It's just not appropriate anymore. And I think the times have changed so much. And so it's not just about educating around diversity. It's the inclusion side and how inclusive we become to make people feel like they're in a safe place. Hello and welcome back to Explain It, brought to you by Softcat, the show for IT professionals by IT professionals that aims to simplify the complex and often overcomplicated bits of enterprise IT without compromising on the detail. I'm your host, Zach Abbott. Today's episode is a little different from what we usually cover on the podcast. This episode is all about women in technology. Earlier this month, we had International Women's Day, an important event in the calendar and an area of the IT industry that remains a key priority for many organisations today. Recent studies have shown that only 19% of the IT industry workforce is made up by women, so there's still a lot of work to be done to create diversity within the tech sector. Over the next 30-ish minutes, we'll be talking about what impacts having greater diversity in the industry has, the journeys that our guests have had to becoming a senior woman in tech, what it's like to be a woman in tech at the moment and thoughts on the pandemic and how the industry can evolve. Joining me on today's episode is Louise Fellows, Public Sector Director at Softcat, Amanda Slight, Partner Lead at AWS and Alex Lubavs, Northern European Director of Sales Engineering at Citrix. As always on our show, we kick things off with a little off-topic question to get to know you guys a little better. When people used to ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up, what was your answer, starting with Louise? Well, when I was growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a personal assistant, actually, just like my mum. Nice, running the family. Amanda? I wanted to be a lawyer because I'd watch all the TV programs and see them in their fabulous suits, and I quite like to argue, so I thought that'd be a job I'd be good at when I was little. My my mom agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex? Do you know, Zach, I don't remember a specific job. I just remember wanting to travel and see every corner of the world near and far. I ended up doing a lot of sales, shopping, being on the mall. Yeah, nice. Uh, and I guess really IT doesn't hold you back from traveling. First things first might be an obvious question, but from your experience, why is it so important to keep working on improving the ratio of women in technology? Well, Zach, we believe it's really important at AWS because we want to reflect our customers and our customers are diverse. But importantly, having diverse individuals in the organization brings different way of thinking. It brings a diversity and engagement in how we think about the problems our customers have and how we can go about solving them. So for us, it's really important because ultimately it brings a diversity of business engagement. If I could add on to that, Amanda, I 100% agree. Um, and I also like to take it a little bit forward looking as well and think about how, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic where we're changing the way that we all work. And as we look to build back better and what the future of work is going to look like, it's important for more women to have a seat at the table of redesigning the future of our workspace and our workplace. And it's really interesting what you both said, because the really odd thing from my perspective is that women have always been in tech in some way, shape or form, whether you've been starting your career as a PA, which is what I always wanted to be. You know, they were prevalent in typing pools and, you know, all sorts of jobs, um, probably 
And I guess we were at the forefront of tech when it was considered sort of menial in types of tasks that we did. But I think as tech's become more profitable, uh, the status has grown and salaries have grown. I think it's really changed from a space that's empowered women to one where we've probably not felt as welcome. And I think that's the kind of thing that we've been trying to change. And I think that hangover is still felt with reinforced gender bias is proving quite hard to budge. I think even though we're not no longer banging our heads on a glass ceiling, it can still manifest itself in, in some real ways, influencing our career choices and slowing progression once we're in role. Yeah, of course. In your opinion, then, how important is it for organisations to be setting that positive example um, for the future generations, maybe by normalising and celebrating the women in tech? So, Zach, I think it's really important because I think if you have women in power who are leading businesses and more importantly, mentoring uh, younger team members and actually whether they're men or women, it shows that uh, there is a place in business for women and it shows how to actually engage treat them and what they're capable of doing. And if I look at my own career, when I joined in IT 20 something years ago, I was lucky enough to have a female leader uh, leading our business. And she was one of 40 uh, business leaders who were all men. And so I saw it early in my career and that absolutely inspired me. And I think that today we're much more intentional about mentoring and encouraging women into business. And you can see that every day as you walk the halls of our businesses, there's more women than ever before uh, in IT, which is which is great to see, but we're certainly only at the start of that journey. I couldn't agree more with you, Amanda. And I You know, if I just, I mean, I'm new into Softcat, only two months, you know, and I've kind of had a chance to have a look at some of the kind of things that we do here at Softcat. And, you know, they really are working hard to increase diversity across all levels. You know, things like signing up to the Tech Talent Charter, you know, publicly committing to improving gender balance across the industry, um, you know, kind of growing percentages. I think it's really important that people lay that out publicly, their intentions to support diversity, you know, setting up, I mean, most organisations, I'm sure you both have it as well, you know, women in business networks where we attract more female talent. But we also include, you know, it's very important we include men in the, in that kind of like women in women network so that there's a real understanding across the business of, as to, you know, how how we might think differently, behaviours and, and vice versa, you know. So it, it really is important that, you know, as we celebrate more women in tech, that we help to normalise it by bringing in a lot of different ways we can do that across our organisation. So I've been super impressed uh, by the way that Softcat have been handling uh, and really kind of growing that over the last sort of few years and into the future. It's similar to, to Louise, I'm also fairly new to Citrix a few months in now and agreed, been so impressed by the, the level of focus on diversity, the goals that we've made in different levels within the organization of, of diversity constructs and the continued focus on it. And especially this week, I think we've seen the communities, I'll talk about um, International Women's Day and celebrate International Women's Day, but it's it's such an important topic to continue all year long and continue to focus at all various levels of what bringing women into the tech industry and then continuing their advancement through it is critical. And there's so many steps along the way. Let's then take a look at the three of your personal stories, perhaps, and how you guys made the jump to becoming a senior leader in the industry. Does anyone want to jump in first and and talk a bit about how you got to where you are now? I'm happy to. I love talking about um, my path because it's very 
uh, divergent. So I started in um, selling cookies on the mall and um, had a degree in Russian and East European studies, a follow-up in business school, did some programming and realized I wanted to work with customers and, and went into software sales. And my career in technology took off from there. And I think the key for me is that network of trusted mentors and leaders who believed in me. It was about looking for that next opportunity and being open to what it was because the opportunities that I have today, not only were women not in them, but they didn't exist back when I was going through school. So if you're, you have to maintain a, a, an opportunity to look for what that next step is going to be and continuously reinvent yourself. And it's through the power of my network, it's through the power of my mentors and mentees that um, have gotten me to where I am today. I think if I share my journey, um... I've been very fortunate, actually, that it's cross continents, as you can probably hear from my uh, my dodgy accent. I'm actually from South Africa originally, and I started my uh, my career in IT a very long time ago, actually in the hardware business. And I know that many of the Softcat uh, customers and uh, sellers are in that place today. You know, for me, it was really about my passion for technology that grew my career. The more I got involved with technology and understood the amazing things that we can do with technology, whether it's accelerating vaccination development, whether it's understanding disease, whether it's helping governments uh, to provide citizen services, whether it's just to help you buy something online that's fabulous and quick and easy, technology you know, covers that from end to end. And that is so exciting. So I've grown my career through my passion for tech. Every day I'm inspired when I hear the customer stories, the partners developing solutions. And that's really what inspires my journey every day and for me to come to work every day. But I think like um, Alexandra's example, my career has been pretty diverse. You know, I've been working in hardware and software. I've worked for various vendors. I've been very privileged uh, to learn in every role. But also, I think, as Alexandra said, to be open to opportunities. And that's really helped me to accelerate my career and my learning uh, to get me where I am today. They're amazing stories. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try and be brief. It's quite hard when you got maybe like 25 plus years of uh, experience in, in tech, which is a celebration in itself, right? That we've been in this industry for, for such a long time. But I kind of talked at the beginning, a bit like Alex about, I had an ambition that I wanted to be a PA. I thought that was the role, you know, my mum was a very successful PA for many years in, in the IT industry um, for a company called Nortel Networks, actually, which doesn't exist anymore, but you know, a very, very infamous company uh, back in the day. And I guess when I looked inside an organization when I was just coming out of kind of college and that was you saw women in roles like um, administration roles, HR type roles, marketing roles. They were typical roles that you would kind of look to, oh, that's the path that, you know, I should be following. But actually, I kind of found myself in the competitive nature I am and then probably why I'm in sales and, you know, kind of seeing the opportunities that actually I wanted to go in that direction and, and moving from PA to a sales support function to sales and then into leadership. It felt like it's been a long slog to get there, but it was about getting someone to take a chance on me, quite honestly, you know, sort of banging on the door to say, I want to be in management. I want to get into leadership. And I really had to work hard to convince people that I was going to be a good leader and I was, you know, I was successful at selling, but it doesn't mean I was going to be successful as a leader. And I finally found somebody that could take a chance on me and, and I haven't looked back since, but 
it did feel out of a normal type of role that I typically would have seen women in moving into a direction of sales, which now I'm thankfully is a wash with lots of amazing female talent in sales. There's still more we can do from a leadership perspective to get more senior women in like non kind of like standard roles like operations and IT and sales, um, CEOs, MDs, all of that. So yeah, kind of my ambition kind of took me in a different direction. But yeah, very, very delighted with how things have gone and, and amazing to see so many women sort of furthering their career in this space. You mentioned uh, trust there as being maybe a challenge to, that you had to overcome. But what between the three of you, what would you say the biggest challenges you faced along the way have been? For me, my, my biggest challenge, I think, um, not to go too far down memory lane, because I do think that, that the world has involved quite a bit. Um, I've always worked in the technology um, arena in a very male-dominated environment. So some of the very standard um, biases that, that we've, I think, all faced think the one that I still focus on every day is having that voice in the room of making sure that it's it's my voice that's been heard and the points that have been made um, very easy to get lost at times. So I would I would focus today um, when I when I work with um, young women and mentor women entering the workforce. I don't stray too far back towards some of the biases that I faced in the past, but more what are we what are we working on today? And today it's still getting getting that voice out there. Alexander, just so agree with you. I think um, I was talking to a young woman last week uh, who's just early in her career and she'd actually just finished an assertiveness training course. And I was like, gosh, that's uh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And what she said is, is that the culture that she's from, it's not appropriate necessarily for a young woman to be assertive in the home or in her environment. And what she was sharing with me is that her company have really taken the time to think about how do they train her as an individual to find her voice. And I think for many young women, finding their voice and making sure they are heard is a challenge. And I think as we're uh, coaching young women and thinking about uh, women and young men, in my opinion, I think everybody needs to find their voice, trust themselves and share their opinions because everybody brings value. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that many people need to overcome is know your worth and find your voice. I agree with you, Amanda. And I think um, the, the other side of that is also coaching to listen and to listen to every single person in the room that's speaking and what are they saying and how are they saying it and what, what's the efficacy. I think we lose, we lose a bit of, of the listening as well. Great example. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important, that voice. And, and I think when I kind of talk probably like yourselves, when you mentor people, it, it's having, it's those role models in the industry that, you know, it's, it's almost like you want a, a little book of who, who are all of those people that you can tap into that it kind of doesn't exist today. You, you look within your own organization, but you know, who, who externally can you look up to? And, you know, for me, having role models was so important, you know, when I was moving through the industry, ones that I could trust and ones that I really felt were going to help further my career, not that they were just in it to help further their own career, but they were genuinely interested in me as an individual and what qualities that I had to bring to it. So that voice is so important. And I think even today, sometimes it's still hard to have your voice heard when you're in a big room or you're, you know, some, cause I don't normally speak up unless I have something relevant to say, but actually, you know, you still. If only everyone did that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> be a lot better. It's actually quite interesting, Louise, you, you make that point. We've actually found that having meetings now over whichever platform you choose to is is actually starting to bring more of an opportunity to, for people to have a voice. So instead of being in a meeting room where a couple of people are talking all the time and it's hard to actually get your you know, your hand up and into the into the meeting. We've actually found that having our meetings over a platform like this has really helped people to have an opportunity to have their voices heard because you put your hand up, uh, you know, the meeting is, is it comes to you to hear what you have to say. So in a funny way, isolation is helping people uh, to share their voices. I don't disagree. And you've seen that people aren't, are less distracted when they're on a video call. You know, you know, when you're in a meeting, you always see people on their phones and you never know whether they're really listening. You know, but I think this video interaction has really changed things. You know, I think people are genuinely listening to conversations. And I think the challenge for us is as we go back and, and emerge back into offices or a hybrid work environment or, or whatever our future has in store for us, that we maintain some of those positive skills that, that we've learned. Because I 100% agree, it's a completely different dynamic and a much more powerful one when we're looking at each other on the lens. Right. Coming back to uh, the next question, uh, potentially uh, just based on what you've been saying already, it could be an obvious one, but do you think your career progression has been affected because you're a woman? I don't, uh, Zach. I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've worked in organisations that have mentored and coached me, and I've not been afraid to push my agenda. So I found my my voice early. I wasn't afraid to ask for the promotion. I wasn't afraid to uh, to apply for the role. So I think that I've been lucky in the sense that I've worked for companies that have valued me. But I know looking at a lot of my peers and friends, that's not always the case. I would say, Zach, absolutely. I have earlier days I, I don't think as much in recent times, but earlier days, definitely. But, um, you know, I don't regret those times because they helped me get here. And some of those challenges that I experienced along the way there that I faced helped me be a better mentor, helped me be a better leader, and helped me um, coach through others that might have gone through those times. And I'm in, I'm in the right place at the right time now. So it all got me here where I am today. I'm totally with you there, Alex. The road bumps I've experienced have totally spurred me on to kind of where I want to be and kind of where I'm trying to get to and how I've got here. So it's definitely spurred me on exactly the same uh, to get to where I am by learning, by growing, by changing, developing all of the things, you know, that like you say, mentors can help you with as well, you know, and, and you know, I think we've both had great mentors to do that as well. So yeah, I agree with you. Alex, something uh, you also alluded to earlier is that things have changed for women getting into tech today. Would would you agree with that, Amanda, Louise? Yeah, I think definitely. As I look at um, the organisation that I work for and others I've worked for in the past, they're much more proactive about thinking about the diversity in their workforce. They are proactively recruiting from universities, engaging in STEM programmes, working with girls' schools, as an example. So there is a much more proactive focus on diversity. And at AWS, it's not just diversity of, of gender, but also of a nationality, of color, because all of those things impact diversity. And so I, it's great to see the world thinking about 
uh, diversity of women, but also of other things. And I think it's really important that as we reflect on where we'd li- like to see diversity go, it has to encompass all of those things. So true. I know we're talking you know, diversity specifically, but the inclusion part of diversity and inclusion is probably, if not just as important, you know, the way we say things, how we say things, the empathy behind, you know, the unconscious bias we might have around things. And and I think that more recognition around how we behave is really, really important because gone are the days where we can have those really kind of laddie-like conversations in, in, you know, it's just not appropriate anymore. And I think the times have changed so much. And so it's not just about educating around diversity and the types of diversity, it's the inclusion side and how inclusive we become as organisations to make people feel like they're in a safe place. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I think we've been focused on women this week because it's Women in International Women's Day, but it's absolutely, it's it's the holistic diversity and inclusion conversation that's so important to the workplace and to our society as well. So as we agree, like steps are being made by a lot of tech companies to sort of get more women uh, and that more diverse workforce, but something that potential candidates might not know about What's it like being a woman in tech today? And uh, what excites you guys and keeps you in the industry? You know, when I talk with young girls um, that are thinking about entering tech, some of the questions that I hear are exactly like you pose that. What is tech and what do you do all day long? Tech is such a big word. It encompasses so much of of life. You know, there's tech is pretty much a part of everything that we do all day long, right? And I think what surprises all students, when STEM students, when we talk about tech, is that there's a misconception that tech means that you're techie. There's there's an awful lot of tech industry associated roles that are more soft skills oriented and are more focused around not, you don't have to be a coder to be in tech. And that's an early days misconception that I think starts to demystify the introduction of tech to the younger generation who, by the way, already know how to code, I'm sure. <laughs> that's, that's true, actually. My girlfriend's a primary school teacher and coding's on the syllabus there, which was a great shock to me and sort of start them early. But I guess that's where the money is for the future. So makes sense, doesn't it? So slightly different topic, but do you think you've been affected differently by the pandemic to your male colleagues? So, Zach, I think that COVID has affected uh, both uh, females and males, and I think it's had a a really adverse effect on many individuals. However, we do see that in many uh, home environments, children are cared for by mums. And as such, many mums are at home trying to manage their jobs and small children. And I think that has been tough uh, for a lot of people, particularly single parents. And I've seen that in my own environment where I do have a couple of single mums looking after small kids and they've had small kids at home where they're trying to do a home education and manage jobs. And that's certainly been quite stressful and draining for many people. Yeah, I guess in in that respect, sometimes working in the IT industry on both sides of the parents is handy because it's quite easy to work from home for both sides. So, Yeah, I think what's been really interesting is the response from organisations as to how they've helped their employees through this time as well. And I think for me, coming into Softcat and seeing the support that's been put in place to help, whether it is 
mums doing all the work and you know or, or families being caught up by all this you know everyone's been affected as you said Amanda but for example you know at Softcat, some of the things they've put in place you know between 12 and 2 every day nobody should be on email everyone should be taking a break two hours if it's homeschooling if it's you just want to take a break go out and do some exercise go for a walk all of that kind of stuff you know having shorter calls you know well-being surveys to check in with people on a regular basis you know, delivering well-being packs to families and children to kind of show that they care during the pandemic. And and the most critical part was communication, you know, that people are, you know, from the top down, there's the constant communication about, you know, what we're doing, how we're doing it, when things are happening, when things aren't happening. So I think from an organisational perspective, just kind of flipping it a little bit, is how companies have responded to support people. And, and I'm sure not everybody is as lucky as I feel that we probably are at Softcat and everyone is drained and exhausted of sitting in the same place day in, day out. Never will I moan about getting on a tube going into London again. You say uh, that now, this, Louise. You say after that this now. last year. Well, maybe not for the I'll first hold six you to months. That, anyway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's the response. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite impressed by the tech world response to companies' response to how to handle it. Yeah, we've, we've seen that across the board, right? We've seen many companies come up with um, days off for parents. I know at Amazon, as an example, they've been providing content and classes uh, that kids can participate in, very similar to soft cap mindfulness sessions, uh, fitness sessions, and my personal favorite, um, virtual drinks sessions just to keep people engaged. Uh, and I think that's been really important uh, is managing people's well-being, both physically and mentally uh, during COVID, because I think for many people, it's been tough. I, I would agree with that. And similar to Louise, again, being new to, to my company, I was so impressed by joining a company in the middle of a of a pandemic and Citrix and the leadership top down for the communication has been tremendous. The well-being, the the programming that they've moved from in person to um, online without missing a beat. Even you know Christmas parties and drinks nights and well-being sessions and and just check ins with the team to make sure everyone's okay. But what I actually appreciated that I wouldn't have gotten if I could just put a silver lining around it for a second is. Being virtual, I've met kids, I've met dogs, I've met cats, I've met pets and spouses, and I wouldn't have had that in my first six months if I was running to, into people in the office. So I think it's been a special time to, to really get to know our team members better. Perfect. So we've looked at the past, we've looked at the present. So I think finally, it would make sense. It would be great to hear some of your thoughts on how the industry can continue to improve on its diversity and what you personally would would like to see organisations do to support women in tech. I think it has to start really early, Zach. I think we have to start at the school level if we're really going to capture the imagination of youngsters. And I think what Alexandra said was really insightful. It's not actually just about coding. IT brings many skill sets. And I want to make sure that we are talking to youngsters early in their career paths, 
getting them into STEM subjects, showing them the huge opportunities that are available, whether it's coding, whether it's sales, uh, whether it's development. There is so much opportunity in tech that we need to be educating youngsters on, which will really help us to then grow uh, the workforce of the future. And I think what happens is we get to people too late in their career development. So if we can really start early, I believe that that's what's going to grow uh, the IT teams of the future. I couldn't agree more. I think the um, internships, apprenticeships, leadership development programs, all of those are so foundational to to companies and will continue to grow those young people as they enter the workforce. But I think there's also an element of younger managers to mid-managers and even more senior of changing the communication dynamic as well and looking at how, how we're seeking those roles to be filled and where that talent is coming from in the industry. Because I think there's still uh, some of those voices that we just talked about that we've been growing with are still still have room to go. I, I agree with you both. And I, I guess from my perspective, I think we have to continue at a leadership level to be role models for future talent. You know, if we all know people with a dream to reach the, the top in tech, you know, we've got to give that great advice, you know, to be yourself, you know, drive your ambitions to help excel your career, you know, and if you're a leader in tech, you know, kind of using our position to help really benefit our female colleagues, you know, be it through mentorship, even things like calling out bias when we see it or identifying that next generation of talent, you know, things like we've got, I've got involved in recently and things like reverse mentoring, you know, allowing young female talent to mentor me because I think there's probably stuff that I'm missing, you know, that actually from a generational gap perspective, you know, where do I get that knowledge from and, and really be engaged in that? And I think, We've got a responsibility when you're a leader that we've got to understand all of the challenges and we've got to put those challenges to the top of our chain as well as help the people at the kind of bottom and middle management layers. So we have such an important role to play as role models. So I'd like to see more kind of senior leaders getting together um, and learning how we become better role models to more female talent in the tech industry. I'm sure there are hundreds of groups that you could get involved in, but um, <laughs> I'm sure there are. <laughs> so I've got a little scenario for you. Let's fast forward 20 years. You're about to give a talk in a school, let's say, about, about joining the tech industry. What would you like to have seen happen that you would want to cover in that talk? Zach, my goal is that in 20 years' time, we're not even talking about diversity and inclusion in the workplace because we've normalized past it. That would be the ultimate success. Perfect. Well, um, that is pretty much about it, actually, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Um, it's been really good to talk to you all. Uh, just before we finish, Louise, could you just give a quick summary of what we've talked about today, why it's important to keep pushing for more women in tech, what organisations can do uh, at the moment to improve things and what the future could look like? I guess, firstly, I want to say a massive thank you to Alex and Amanda, two outstanding female role models in the tech industry. Um, you know, so thank you so much for being part of this today. I think, secondly, exactly what Alex just said, you know, if we can get to a point where we are not talking about gender diversity or any form of diversity and inclusion in the workplace, then I think, you know, that's where we want to be as organisations. However, the reality 
is that we're not there yet and there is so much more to do and it's encompassing on all of us, male and female, to, to really keep driving the diversity and inclusion agenda. And I think for me, I think we just have to keep talking. We have to keep role modelling. We have to keep looking for new talent. We have to keep talking about what an amazing industry the world of tech is. I think this last 12 months has really shown everybody that technology and transformation in all its guises and glory is just so important at the forefront of every organization's kind of transformation and their future. So it's such an exciting place to be. We're in really privileged places and organizations that we work in, and we just have to keep taking all of the steps that we can to keep diversity and inclusion at the top of the agenda and striving for more kind of parity across gender diversity and all kinds of diversity within our organizations. Perfect. And that is it for today's episode. Louise, Amanda, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really great talking with you. And thank you too for listening. Make sure you join us for the next episode where we'll be finishing off our remote working deep dive mini series. Uh, if you want to know more about anything that was covered in the episode or want to get in contact with us, feel free to email us at podcast at softcat.com. And finally, make sure you click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd also really appreciate you giving us a review or a comment on whatever podcast platform you use. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Explain It From Softcat. <laughs>